Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter book. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. To be a firefighter, to be in the fire service, you have to train, you have to study, you have to take this very seriously. It doesn't matter if you're a career, volunteer, being a student of the game is the only way you are going to be the best version of yourself on and off the fire ground. Welcome back to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. Today's episode, I have a very special guest, firefighter Danny Beauvais of the Student of the Game Firefighter Podcast. Danny, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on here. Um, it's good to talk shop and uh, talk some fire stuff, man. Yeah, man. So, so Danny, um, for those who don't know who you are, I mean, I'm sure people listen to your podcast. You're always putting stuff out all the time. <laughs> oh, who, who's Danny? Who's Danny? What's up? Um, no, that's fine. Uh, it's, it's funny you say that because I think in like October, I'm going to actually do an episode just on myself so people know. But, you know, I can I can, I can divulge some information out here too. It's, it's no big deal. Uh, so my name is Danny Beauvais. I am a firefighter in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. I've been with my department. I'm on my 16th year. I currently hold uh, the rank of senior firefighter, which is pretty much a relief driver. Um, I travel to other stations whenever they need a driver or they're short a driver. Um, so I kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, I started in the fire service. It, it actually didn't even, the, the way it happened, I didn't even know it was happening. And that's, that's going to sound weird, but uh, I was, I'm, I was born and raised in New York. And in order to graduate high school, we needed community service hours. So um, in my senior year, I had to get my hours. And so one of my mom's friends was like, Hey, have him go to the fire station and clean fire trucks or clean the station. And uh, he'll get his hours there. My mom's like, Hey, go to that fire station next to our church. Tell them what you're, what you need. And, you know, get whatever you got to get uh, going, going. It's like, all right, cool. So I go down there and uh, I tell them, hey, I'm here for like community service hours or whatnot. And, um, you know, I'm here to help out with whatever you need. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, here's this application. Fill this out. I'm like, okay. So I fill it out. And then uh, they're like, hey, uh, come back next Monday at like 730 or seven o'clock, seven or 730. We, we, we have our, our, our monthly meeting and, uh, you know, we'll then, we'll then, uh, get you, get you approved and put on as long as, you know, your background and everything's good. I'm like, yeah, my background's fine. I'm just in high school. No big deal. Sign, uh, fill the paper out. You know, I leave it with them, leave next week, show up for their Monday meeting. And like, everybody's there. And mind you, this is, my mind is just so like, I'm new to this. So I don't know what's going on. So I get there. They're like, yeah, have a seat here. Uh, the, the the board's voting uh, here shortly. So I'm sitting there in the hallway looking at all these fire pictures, their fire memorabilia and all that stuff. And then a couple minutes come out. They're like, hey, uh, come on in. Come on in. I introduced myself to all these people in here. There's like a board. There's like It looked like, like a, a, a high school um, uh, PTA meeting or something. So I, there's like people on the board up there and then the rest of the people in the chairs. I'm like, all right, my name's Danny. I'm a senior, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, uh, all those in favor, his background came back good. And they're like, yeah, I, and then they're like, all right, welcome to Rockland Hook and Ladder. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. 
Um, so when do I start cleaning? They're like, uh, yeah, come back. Uh, I forgot what day it was. Come back on another day and we'll, we'll get you situated. All right, cool. Come back on this day. Walk in and uh, they're like, hey, um, we're going to fit you for gear. And I'm like, okay. Dude, I still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so they're like, try this on. I'm trying it. And then they're like, does that fit? No. Okay, try this. That fits good. They have boots, coat, hood, all this stuff. And they're like, all right, this is your gear. Uh, let's go get you a pager. I'm still what's going on just like, that? what's going on here? And then afterwards, they're like, all right, man, so you got all your stuff. You're good to go. We'll we'll get you enrolled to some classes. And I'm like, classes for what? They're like, the the application you signed, that's a membership application. I was like, oh, I thought I was doing like community service. They're like, no, nah. <laughs> you're a probationary member for this fire department. I was like, okay, cool. So that's how it happened. Um, and I remember too, when they were introducing me to the SCBA and how to use it, like I put the thing on and I clipped in and no, I didn't know. And no one told me like, Hey, you got to turn this on. So when I went to take a breath. It sucked to my face and I'm like freaking the hell out. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, you got to turn it on, bro. And I was like, okay. And after that, man, history was done. I fell in love with it. And my mom, my mom passed away. It's been uh, 10 years now, but my mom never liked the fact that she got me into it, but I loved it. I loved every single moment of it. It kept me out of trouble, man. I would go to school as soon as school's over. I, I don't care how I got there. I'd either walk home and get my bike or I would just walk. I'd walk to the firehouse. I do my homework there. I would run calls. Uh, granted I was only a probationary member, so I can only do limited stuff, but I was, it was just a place where I could go and learn and be with other guys, learn from the senior guys. I mean, it changed my life completely. And I'll, I'll, I never regret one moment of doing that. That's actually how I started. Okay. It was actually exactly how I started, even with SCBA, man. I put on the first time, like you're supposed to breathe. Right. I'm like, oh, you, oh, my God, I can't stop ripping the thing off. <laughs> like, you're supposed to breathe. I'm like, you never told me that. Right. But yeah, that, right. that's actually how I started. I didn't, um, I didn't want to do it. I had no interest in this stuff. I didn't even know right. what this was. And I just showed up the same way. And the, the reason they got me was they said, my mom said, could you bring them home? You know, bring them home at the end of whatever. I was just there to clean trucks. Okay. To sweep the floors. Yeah. And um, so I went to the assistant chief over there at the time and I said, hey, I got to go home. It's nine o'clock. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. So I'm walking to the parking lot. No, no, no. Get in. Puts me in an engine. Okay. Oh, we're going to go home. I said, well, so I'm going to get in the front. We're going to drive home. We're driving home. So we get home, pulls up to the front of the house in this big engine, and he hands me an envelope. Big manila envelope. I still have it. still have the envelope. I put everything back in there, all the signed paperwork. They gave it back to me. Uh-huh. And um, just take this and then. Think about it. So I went home. I said, hey, I got this big envelope here of stuff. What do I do? Oh, I guess you got to fill it out then. Oh, I guess I do. So I filled it out. And they said, oh, I'm getting gear. I'm getting a pager. Like uh-huh. I was doing the same thing, like going down. Like, this is cool. You know, and people didn't understand. Like my friends were like, you're doing what? That's, that's, how do you do that? Like, right. I don't know. Right. I just had to do it for school. <laughs> here I am. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, you just get hooked in, but man, 
how many life lessons you brought across your entire life just being in that environment. Mm-hmm. I feel like you grow up a lot faster. Ab- you, yeah. You see the world in a different way. Absolutely. That's Hands down. Yes, sir. You yep. know, um, but anyway, back to you. So you're now, mm-hmm. you went from Rockville, New York, and now or Rockville, New York, and now you're in North Carolina. How did that transition take place? Uh, so, um, unfortunately after nine 11, uh, we lost, uh, our next door neighbor who was like a second dad to me. Uh, I, we grew up with their kids. We played, we did everything together. And, um, I knew he had worked at the trade center. He worked for the department of taxation and finance and, but it never dawned after everything. Cause I was in school when it happened. Uh, I'm pretty sure we got let out a little early. Uh, and then I get home and then, you know, everybody, of course, is glued to the TV. And then my dad didn't go to work because my dad worked in the city. So he was still home when it happened. And when everything occurred, he's like, OK, definitely not going in now. Uh, so I'm just going to stay home. And then he started talking about our neighbor. And I was like, well, what about our neighbor? And they're like, he worked at the trade center. And I was like, oh, seriously? He worked on the 86th floor. Ooh. And um, we went over. And uh, his wife was there. She was making calls, getting calls. It was, yeah. And then, um, you know, we finally, it hit us. You know, he never came back. Uh, The crazy thing was, so on the side, he worked as a taxi cab driver. And um, after a couple weeks, his his taxi was, his cab was brought home, man. And it was covered in the the dust. Never forget it. I I watched it. I don't know. It sat there couple weeks and it was just surreal man like this man is never coming back home after everything so my dad worked in the limo business and uh, after all that happened he was like nope we're out of here so uh, I was getting ready to start community college actually I had actually started community college and he was like hey um me and your mom are moving uh we're going to North Carolina because at the time he has uh he still does he has a cousin that lives in Charlotte He's like, we're, we're going to go look at North Carolina, Charlotte. Um, we'll be back and you can stay here if you want for college or you can come with us. And so I was like, to hell with this. I'm out. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard New Yorker, but I, I, st- t- I don't know how people can stay living in New York the way it is. Taxes, especially the area I'm from. I still have friends. I know that still live in that area. The area has changed and not for the good. Um, so I was out, I was like, Nope, let's go fresh start. Sure. So I moved down to North Carolina. Um, the first thing I immediately did was find the closest volunteer fire station. Uh, so funny story with this, uh, I found a, um, they were called a rescue squad, but they had a fire truck. So I was like, okay, sure. So I did the application. They're like, Hey, yep. Come on this night. We're going to vote you in. And as I was sitting down, they were like, hey, do you have your EMT? And I was like, no, uh, I got my firefighter stuff uh, that's, you know, transferring over or whatnot. Um, but no, I don't I don't have my EMT. They're like, oh, well, you need to have your EMT for to be on this department. And I was like, uh, just asking why. And they're like, well, we, we are a rescue squad. And I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, well, we provide BLS care. We have a couple ambulances and a heavy rescue truck. All I saw was the fire truck. So I immediately thought fire department. I was like, oh, I was like, that's not a fire engine sitting out there. They're like, no, it's just a rescue truck. It's got rescue tools. It's, it responds to extrications and some EMS calls and stuff. I was like, oh. And the guy was like, are you looking for a fire department? I was like, yeah. 
He's like, where do you live? So I told him at the time I lived in a place, a subdivision called Cherry Grove. He was like, oh, you need to go to uh, Shepherd's Fire Department. That's who's going to be your closest volunteer. I was like, thanks. I was like, you can rip, rip up this app. Appreciate y'all. But yeah, I don't want to do the rescue squad thing. I, I'm, I like being fireman. So I go over to Shepherd's, join there. Uh, I don't know how long I was there for. I was there for, man, I think like over 13 years. Uh, I climbed all the way to the rank of assistant chief of training. Uh, does that mean anything in my book? Not really, because I was super young, man. Um, I think I, I, I don't want to say I got it because of like status, but I was always there. I was very active. So, you know, with a volunteer department, if you're good with your members and your members are like, man, this guy's awesome. He's active. They're going to vote you into a certain position where I had no business being an assistant chief of training. Like I did my best to do what I had to do. But hindsight, 2020, and looking at it now, I was a little young for that. Um, but uh, I left there after I met my wife, and we decided to move. And so I left the department, and um, that was it. So um, I, I still work for Morsel. I started at Morsel. Shepherds is the reason why I got on Morsel, because at the time, they had a couple members that worked for Morsel full-time. And they are like, hey, man, we're getting ready to hire for our Station 4. Uh, I think you'd be great. And I'm like, man, you can get paid to do this. They're like, yeah, you can get paid to be a fireman. And I was like, shoot, let's do it. So up. like I worked, uh, there at that time, their, um, physical agility was super competitive and very hard to, uh, complete. So I worked on, uh, my physical skills and everything and I was able to pass it. It was a hell of a test. I actually looking back at it now, I wish that they kept that test because what we do now, no offense to any new recruits coming in, but like, you know, we do like a, some sort of standardized jar pack where they give you like a helmet and a vest and stuff like that. Man, I, I like tests where they're going to put you in gear, SCBA, breathing air, and they want you to do an obstacle course. And if you can't do it, it is what it is. Right. But um, so I got on Morsel. I started uh, on an engine. I've been on an engine for, um, I was on an engine for 15 years. And then I transitioned. I wanted to do something different. And so I was like, you know, screw it. Um, I'm going to try a ladder company stuff. And back in the day, if anybody knows me, I wasn't real keen on ladders and heights and all that. And I'm not saying like to this day, I don't have like a little bit of eh about it, but I put myself in that place of being comfortable, getting or get comfortable uh, being uncomfortable. So, um, you know, when I transferred over, I got on that ladder truck. Uh, at the time we didn't have an engineer, we were short. So I was pretty much, uh, <laughs> a full-time engineer as a firefighter rank. So I got used to that truck and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm getting over this stuff. So it's a platform. It's a mid mount. So I got in the bucket, went up and down, looked around, you know, I'm like, oh man, this, you know, just like, don't let your fears hold you back. I mean, you, everybody's going to have something that they don't really want to do. But if you let it hold you back, you'll never grow. So, like, I've learned to embrace it now. Um, the biggest thing is we just got a new 100-foot uh, Pierce Ascendant mid-mount. And uh, the Pierce rep came down a couple weeks ago and gave us our tutorial on it. And listening to him, and I asked him questions, man, because, you know, you're always – at least for me, I'm wondering, like, all right, you know, the outriggers come down. What will keep this truck from, like, flipping over? And he was like, dude, there's so much safety features on this truck. and he did maneuvers and angles with this new truck that it can do. And he's like, dude, this thing ain't going anywhere. 
He's like, I'm not saying it can't happen. It can happen if you do stupid stuff, but if you follow the way you're supposed to as a driver operator, you're solid, man. He's like, you're solid. There's so many safety features. The bucket's not just going to drop. Like, you know, get all that negative things out your head. So um, I'm on a ladder truck now. I actually love ladder work. It is different than engine work. It's hard, but it's a good hard. And um, yeah, man. So that's it. Uh, I am currently, I'm going to start to test for engineer. Um, I want to be a full-time, full-time driver, but unfortunately with our department, whenever the captain's off, you have to ride the seat and I'm still kind of like, eh, I don't really want to do that. I would hope that at some point my department transitions to having like full-time drivers, but it is the next step. So um, I'm going to go up for that and see how it goes. Sounds good, man. I mean, you brought up a lot of good points, getting uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable man. In uncomfortable yeah. situations. You know, being a student of the game, how does that transition? Like, first of all, I ask you right away, how did you start the podcast, Student of the Game? Uh, so that came about, uh, so like I said, I'm, I'm on my 16th year around year 14 and a half, maybe year 15, one of those 14 and a half, 15, man, I got to a place where I, I didn't want to be on my department anymore. Um, I was tired of coming in and cleaning things that weren't cleaned by other shifts, cleaning dirty trucks. It was like, individuals didn't have pride in their stuff. And, you know, when I was raised in this fire service, man, you know, the truck, that was the number one thing you kept clean. You never like disgraced your truck. If it was dirty, you washed it. Uh, you know, for being from New York, tire shine was always put on trucks. So like, that's where I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like I put tire shine on my cars and stuff. Like you got to keep the, at least the most prized possession, keep that key, uh, important tool clean. So I hit a rut, man, where, you know, guys just didn't give a shit. And I was like, man, I'm out. Like, fuck this. I'm going to start looking for other places. And then a buddy of mine was like, hey, you ever listen to podcasts? I'm like, no. I said, I've heard of them, but I have never listened to podcasts. He's like, listen to this podcast because he's like, I was kind of where you were at now. And just listen to what these guys are talking about. So uh, the two podcasts that forever changed my life were – Fit to Fight Fire when it was the the trio, when it was Craig, John, Sparrow, and Tom Johnson before the split, and Jake Barnes's three-point firefighter. When I listened to both of those, you know, they had guests on there that talked about shitty employees, working with shitty people, working with people that didn't care, coming in the shift, having to clean things that should have been cleaned, and not griping about it because you know what? You're working that day. It is what it is. You're going to have people in this business or in this profession, I should say, that don't care as much as you do do. doesn't mean that they're wrong, but you don't need to hold a grudge on it. And that, that's what I was doing. And I was like – I was holding grudges. I was looking at these people like they weren't shit. And, I mean, and, and frankly, some of them aren't because some of them are just there for the paycheck. But – it's my, the level of passion I have and like the level of detailing and cleaning somebody else might not have. And I get it, but at least try to give a damn. And it always gripes me when people just don't like, they don't care. So I started listening to it and realized I wasn't the only one. And then, um, I stumbled upon a, I don't know how I found that, but, uh, Carolina fire days, uh, sponsored by twisted truck industries, Heather and Joe Yaller, put on a conference. I'm like, what's a conference? 
So I looked it up and I was like, oh, and you know, I had some names that I would hear through these podcasts. I'm like, okay, oh, this is who this person looks like. All right. And so I told my wife, she's like, yeah, if it's for your job, sign up for it. And I was real hesitant because like my department wasn't going to pay for it. And she's like, just pay for it. It's, it's for your job and your job. Like you don't sit behind a desk. Like this is life and death. So she pushed me to do it. I signed up and I tell her to this day, like it was the greatest thing I ever did. After that experience of four days being around other people who would like, yeah, I got guys like that at work. I got chiefs like that. I got stupid rules and people that do this dumb shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm really not the only one, but you're surrounded by people that actually care about the job. They wouldn't so be yeah, yeah. So um, I told my wife after that, like, hey, I'm going every year because they hold it in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is in my backyard, literally a 25 minute drive every year. I said, I'm going every year. So this year, I already, as soon as the countdown was down to zero days, I signed up. Uh, so I'm going to go see some other guys here in November. So um, I was, I, I sat at home and I'm like, you know what? Like this podcast thing, I like it. I like to be able to talk with other people. Um Besides people at, at my job, because some of them aren't into the job like that, where you can have conversations. Some are, but some aren't. And I'm like, you know, I want to talk to other people's perspectives. So I thought about it. I wrote down some stuff and I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this. And she's like, okay. She's like, how much is it? I was like, well, let me look. Got to do a licensing fee and get a Zoom account. I'm like, it's really not going to be that much. And I was like, I could buy a mic and headphones. Nothing crazy. It's no Hollywood production. So She's like, go do it. So I started going through my Instagram list. And this is a list of after he keep hearing the same names like um, Corley Moore, Kyle Romagas, all these heavy hitters, what I call my book, heavy hitters. You know, I started kind of networking, following them. And then I also wanted to reach individuals like you, you know, most people know Corley Moore. And this oh, yeah. is no shot, no shot at you, but Absolutely. some people don't know Nicholas Higgins. So it's like, exactly. oh, okay, this guy is just like me. He has the same passion. So what I do is I do try to get every once in a while, get the heavy hitters, but I really want to hear people you don't really know because these individuals have the same drive and passion like the heavy hitters, but nobody knows them. And hell, who knows? Somebody, I could be like, hey, Nick Higgins, he's from such and such area. And they're like, oh shit, he's like 20 minutes from me. This guy's here local. I might be able to find him and like talk shop with him. So I pulled the trigger, dude. The I sent out so many messages to people, and I was like, "Well, we'll see how it goes." And then it was like, "Absolutely, boom, boom, uh, confirmed, 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 confirmed." And so I'm so backlogged, which is why now I am dropping three episodes a week until the end of October wow. because I I don't want to say I fucked up, but and not not that I bit more than I you know I, I bit more than I could chew, but I'd never expected so much positive feedback on it. So yeah, man, it, that's how it started. And uh, some guys at work, I told I told them, hey, like I'm doing a podcast, and they're like, no shit. So my episode one was Gilbert. He is a uh, engineer at my department, super good dude. And he was like, man, keep going. Let's like just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And I've actually gotten. Uh, some heavy hitters that have actually either handwritten letters or send me messages that say, Hey man, I love what you're doing for the fire service. Um, do, do what you got to do. So like, I look at it as I'm not an instructor. Uh, I could teach somebody, you know, something that's in my lane, 
but like this is my way of giving back to the fire service that's given me so much i like to spread out positivity let other people know you're not alone in this fight um just stay the course it will get frustrating it still to this day gets frustrating but just remember why you're here so that's how that's how it came down i mean you have the passion for it i can even see it like in the way you handle yourself you have that passion you want to share that knowledge you want to share that drive you know how has it been you know since you started this whole podcast since you started the student game how's it been with getting your message out there um it's been really receptive uh i've gotten a lot of good feedback from guests who continue to listen um i've gotten feedback from what i like i said from heavy hitters that are like hey I heard this episode with such and such because they know this individual. They're like, dude, I love the message that you're trying to spread across. Keep doing what you're doing. So the way I look at it, even if I never got any of those messages, if I could affect change in at least one person, I've done my job. Absolutely. But I know the way it's going now and the feedback that I'm getting, it's like, keep going. Yep. So I'm just, I just keep pushing forward, man. So, like, when you bring these guests on, you do these do these interviews with them. Is there a common theme that you're trying to relay across this podcast, or is it more of just I want to hear what you have to say? From you're in, I'm going to use an example here. You're in the middle of the Midwest of the country, middle of the country. What what what's your passion? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So pretty much. Um... I have a format. So season one, I follow the format and I am going to tweak some things for season two. Uh, but um, I won't go too much into that, but pretty much I always love to hear how the individual got started, whether you're a generational firefighter where you, or whether you stumbled on this on a whim, like I did. And then I'd like to hear how your department is. Cause I can relate it to mine and other people can relate it to theirs. Cause l- let's face it. There are, there is not, well, I don't want to say that there isn't because I truly believe there is. And if, and if, if the department's that lucky, man, it's how can we get most departments to be like that department? So I will say there is a department I talk about, and I'm sure people, when they hear this, are like, man, this guy and, and, and this, this love affair, but I'm sorry. I got to see it firsthand. I went to Kentland and I rode. Kentland is a volunteer fire department. They don't get paid. Guys are there because they love the job and they love running calls and they love going to fires. So when I was able to sit there, I literally, I went in there. I had a buddy of mine that was there. He was like, Hey, I'm riding this day. Come ride. I I, I was visiting DC. My sister-in-law lives there. So I went for like uh, seven or nine hours to ride. Dude, the amount of passion, the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the way they operate, I'm like, why can't all departments be like that? Why can't all departments have that pride and tradition that they have? So I always like to ask the guests how your department is. And I, and I never want to put them on, in a bad spotlight because, you know, there are some departments that aren't the greatest out there. And I don't want their, I don't want them to belittle their department, but it's how's the culture within your station? What can you do to affect change? Just so Others like me don't feel like, hey, you know, my station is not the greatest. I have some people that really don't care, but to just keep moving forward. And I, I know it's easy to say that, but it, it's it's not 
as easy because there are days where I come in to work and like the station looks like shit and they're like, oh man, we had a busy day. But when I'm not at work, I kind of keep my uh, active alert on and it'll tell us like what stations running calls. And I can be like, oh, y'all were too busy to clean the truck, but you ran one call yesterday and it wasn't raining all day. Okay. So th- that little bit will get to you, but then it's like, you know what? I'm on shift today. I'm going to take care of it. That's why I like showcasing it on my Instagram. Like, okay, you didn't want to take care of the truck today. I took care of the truck today. My calling card, like I I put on there, when you see that truck clean and it's got tire shine on there, Danny was working because nobody else does that. So um, I just want people to go out there and just spread the good word to others who are struggling. And plus, and I like to talk shop with other guys. Who doesn't like to talk, you know? Talk exactly. Shop. Why do you think, though, why they have so much pride over in Kentland? Why there's so much pride and passion? Why is it? Like, I've wondered at myself. Like, it's, they have this thing about them. And I know departments about by me here in the middle of Central Jersey. Now we're officially Central Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's departments by me, too. They're like, they have so much pride. And then there's other ones that are like, yo, we're just here to answer the call and go home. What brings that pride? I honestly, I honestly think it's the foundation from bottom to the top, top down. And I truly think that when it goes top down, when the firemen see like the chiefs are all in on it, like, hey, this is what we expect, then it will, it will drive the ones that are just there to be a t-shirt wearer out and from speaking privately to guys that are live-ins there and guys within the PG area, like those departments will run out the mutts, the mutts. They, they can try to come in, but they're going to, they're going to be They're going to be sought and caught for who they truly are. And the department's just going to go, your services are no longer needed. And, you know, and it also helps that they're busy. They go to jobs. People want to go to fires and fires are down depending on the area. But rest assured, Kentland's going to go to some fires. I mean, it's just the area that they're in. But even if you take the fires aside, they just have that culture and the tradition. Man, I'm telling you, when I walked in, they have, um, they have, uh, like, I don't want to say like a, a shrine, but like they have a memorial for several members that they have lost. Like, they they have the tradition of what the fire service is. Pictures that cover walls up top to bottom of fires, wrecks, um, camaraderie. They do dinners for members. It's just it's what the fire service was built on, and they have that tradition there. They don't allow outside agencies such as like human resources to go. Okay, this is how we're going to run your fire department for you. No, that's not how they do it. Um, and besides Kentland, like you have areas, um, I can name a pay department, which I don't know why they're not dropping any more videos. Cause I love your videos. Stockton, Stockton oh, fire department good, in California, man, they, those guys are jammed the hell up. You know, like you can see it, the way they operate, how the, the, the proof is in the helmet camp. Like it, it shows. So I just don't know what we have to do to get that brought back. And I know it's coming back. 
little by little, there are departments out there. Another really good one's Wichita. Um, they got their stuff dialed in. But I truly believe if we had more fires, fires boost morale for firemen. That's and dead sadly, dead. most places don't have it. But we don't need to have the fires all the time to boost morale. Like we should all have a sense of pride of, you know, these pieces of apparatus, the crazy cost of apparatus. Now you should be able to keep this stuff up. You should be the way, the way my mentality is, is it's not a matter of if, but when like we're Mooresville, North Carolina will get that Super Bowl call that many guys go, that won't happen here. It's going to happen. So that's the mindset I keep in my head all the time of, okay, these guys don't want to train. That's fine. I'm going to go out there. I don't care if it's hot, cold, raining. I'm going to throw damn ladders until I can't fuck it up when I get on the fire ground. So listening to all these guys who – it's not like these guys are just spitting shit out, out of nowhere. These are guys that have gone the legit calls like this that have had the experience that are pretty much telling the new generation, hey – we have to be better for when these people call 911. Like it's it's not a game. So I take it 100% to heart because I look at it as, you know, John, uh, John Sparrow says the best. Would you want you rescuing you? Like people really need to think about that. If you are slightly overweight or obese or you know you have trouble catching your breath, if your family's in trouble, do you want that fireman coming in to save them? Like, I mean, if your answer is yes, or I don't care, then damn, I mean, I'm sorry, bro. Like, that's terrible. So I always say, like, you don't need to be a Mr. Olympia or Mr. Heavyweight of, you know, of the of the United States, but give a damn about your health and fitness because it sucks when you got to put gear on in an air pack and it's like 99 with a heat index of 107 out there. Like, you're going to sweat. It's going to suck, but it is what it is. It's the job. The job's not sitting in a recliner all day in comfortable air conditioned station. Like, get out of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you think about that gear, you think about adding 50 some pounds just on the gear alone to your body. Yeah. And then you're adding New York Times and a whole study on it. Every different person in the fire service, depending on what their role is, add more weight to your body. And you're just, if you're not taking care of your body, you're not eating right, sleeping, working out, stretching, recovering properly. All you're doing is compressing all that weight onto your spine, pressing it onto your core, and you're just beating yourself. Or your knees are shot, your hips. And you're complaining, wondering, like, why can't I do what I did when I was 30? Because mm-hmm. you carry yourself, and you're in a profession that doesn't give a shit how old you are. Exactly. And you just want to sit here and complain, but there's guys out there like yourself working out in the middle of the hot sun and the rain, the sleet, snow. Not caring that it's that outside because when the fire hits or that MVA comes in or that child's hurt, mm-hmm. they don't care that it's hot out or it's cold out. Exactly. You got to get used to it. And and I think that's the thing now with the fire services. People are so used to this whole, and no one's going to see this if we're on, this is only audio, but using one of these, using these phones, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to sit behind that thing and they're going to be the keyboard warrior and they're going to complain. And they're going to say all this stuff. But when push comes to shove, they're not going to go out there. And I always look at it as Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson says it best. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. 
True. If you don't punch him in the face, you're going to realize how quickly <laughs> you better start getting your health and your fitness back in shape because, like John Sparrow said, you want you rescuing you. Absolutely. You know, Chief Don Abbott, when he did in Arizona with the Mayday Project, you already mm-hmm. said those words. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Goes right back to that as well. So it can happen. My department, we don't get 20 structure fires a year. Right. We had 20 structure fires before the end of July. <laughs> and they were all multi-dwelling, garden apartment, very rarely single-dwelling homes. These were multi-dwelling occupancy. Mm-hmm. One after three of them in a, in a week. Car fires on top. Where are we getting all this stuff? Where's it coming from? Why aren't we ready for it? You know? And all of a sudden it hits you and they call it your pants down. Yeah. And then you forget to fill the, put the tanks back up on the apparatus. Why is it not full? Why are your air packs not full? Why is the, is the truck not shine? Our, 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 our pride in our firehouse is we put tire shine every time we watch this truck. <laughs> you know? That should be like a general order, but I'm sure my chief would be like, I can't really do that. We actually do. We do. We have a whole cat. We have a cabinet. We have a whole everything car wash there. And we can go to our town and have them wash our trucks. Exactly. We do it ourselves. We have a drive through for any any municipal apparatus. No. We take it, we wash it ourselves, and we take our pride because that's the thing that people see coming down the road. Mm-hmm. They see that, and they're going to see a dirty truck, no pride in it, people mm-hmm. stepping off, probably want to look like they belong there. Come on. You know, we have a policy. Our chiefs even have to have a helmet and a coat on. on okay. Calls. At least a coat, at least. Drivers oh. have to have bunkers on. Okay. For safety reasons. They can have the you know, they have your, your stuff on. You have to have bunkers on driving. State they want because of accidents slip and fall, insurance mm-hmm. say, Well, you know, we're providing them with that stuff. They have to have it on every call. If they step off that apparatus to pump, operate the aerial, climb up and get a tool off, whatever they're doing. They okay. They have to have those bunkers on. They have to. And also we turned it into, well, it's a sense of pride, it's a sense of um I'm showing up. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't know if you're going to have to go in. You don't know what's going to happen. And by having that eye, well, it kind of protects us. And you know, insurance reasons. Well, they weren't they weren't wearing your your gear properly. Right. You're kind of sitting in in the cab or sitting in an, app or in an apartment compartment somewhere. You know, you start seeing that on social media. Guys wearing tank tops. What's up with that? What an air I wear them all the time, but you know, I'm not going to show up to a call. And right. have bunkers on with my tank top, no helmet or nothing. And I'm sure you've seen those photos, air pack and a tank top. Yeah. There's all yeah. sorts of everyone. But it's pride. Put back into pride. It's all Absolutely. pride culture. Absolutely. You know, um, that's when I wrote the book, The Five Tool Fire Fund. I wrote about, you know, I thought about being a baseball player. That's what I did. And what are five areas that make you a well-rounded firefighter? And I just put it out to the masses. Hey, not in this, not in this survey. Okay. And I had five ideas in my head. Leadership, firematics, which is your basic understanding of building construction, reading smoke, fire behavior, company operations, size up. You reach the OVS, your objectives of firefighting, situational awareness, fitness, and adaptability. Those are my five. Okay. And I want to see what other people have. And I said, whatever the sixth one is, or well, the fifth one is going to be opposite of mine. So I'll have six. They call it like a wild card. Turns out the five that I had in my mind were the five that everybody voted. So I'm like, okay, I'm on to something here. And I was just going to write articles on it and leave it at that. Wrote a book on it. And when I tell people those five things, they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm like, if you don't have leadership in yourself, which you alluded to, 
and you can't get up and do these things, how can you be a good firefighter? How can you study mm-hmm. what you need to study and actually know how to size up a building, read smoke, understand fire behavior, and not leave it on the chief officers or the company officers? Right. You, know, you hear that, I'm like, oh, well, it's not my job to do that. It's everybody's job to do that. It's everybody's. If yeah. I'm taking pride in that, like going to those conferences. You know, I, I've been, I spoke at Firehouse a few times and the one year I went, a buddy of mine was speaking with me and we're walking the streets in Nashville with a bunch of guys, one from Georgia, another guy from Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina as well. Okay. And we're just hanging out and everybody's complaining and he nudges at me and he's like, Hey, I guess we all have them same problems, right? <laughs> yeah, that's facts. <laughs> that's facts, man. I, I just started laughing. Me and my wife started laughing and, uh, you walk back. We get back off, we get home, get off the flight, get back to Jersey. I'm like, man, I feel better. Get it mm-hmm. out. And you feel like, all right, I have the passion. Maybe that guy next to me doesn't have that same passion that I do. But it's not going to deter me from what I want to do. It's not going to deter me from being a good person, good firefighter. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it hit me. And I'm just going to do my job. Right. And, and just keep moving. But student of the game, man, like how did you, do you consider, obviously you consider yourself a student of the game. Oh yeah, forever. I'm forever learning, man. Whenever, whenever I hit a, uh, whenever if I ever hit the moment where I don't, I don't feel like I need to learn anymore, it, it's it's my time to bow out. So I'm learning something every day. I try to learn something every day. So yeah, I'm forever a student of this game. That's 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 why when I was thinking about what I should call it, I'm like, you know, that's what I'm gonna call it because. There, there. You can't know everything in this in this profession. Like at least for me, I can't. And so I try to learn whether it's job related or hell, just something you you didn't think about regarding how to do our job. Whether it's like, hey, this is the way, a better way to enter this door or or manipulate this window. Just try to take something every day. And on that note, I think that's the best way to end this show. Take something. No problem. A note every day. Yeah. Every day. We could talk all day. We keep going, but I think you ended it on a great note. I appreciate you, man. Uh, Like I said, I I appreciate you having me on and getting to talk a little shop here. Last thing before we go, where can we find you and where can we listen to the show? Um, So you you can find the show on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's a student of the game fire podcast. Uh, I'm on social media. You can find me, uh, Danny Bove, on Facebook and on Instagram. The uh, everyone's always like, "What? What does that mean?" So it's M E G underscore M A R R O N eighty five. That's French for brown guy eighty five. I was born in eighty five. I call myself the brown guy. Uh, HR hates that, uh, but you know, I, I you know, I, I, I find jokes in using the color thing because like everyone's always like ooh taboo shit like ooh stay away like you should hear me at a firehouse I-, I will make hr go we need to get rid of this guy but it's just uh brown guy 85 like i said on, on i'm on instagram um yeah so that's where you can find me I'm, I'm pretty open i like to talk shop if you care about the fire service and fire trucks and physical fitness man like we could talk all day and I think you lighten the mood in the firehouse too. That's the best way to have it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't be walking around on pins and needles, man. You gotta, you gotta like cut up a little bit. So yep. that's it. Yeah, man. 
So thank you for coming on, Danny. And don't forget, check out Student of the Game Fire Podcast. It's a great firefighter podcast out there talking about everything shop and being a student of the game. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Until next time, like we say here, the five-tool firefighter. Work hard, stay safe, live inspired. today's episode of the five tool firefighter podcast if you like what you heard and you want to hear more please subscribe to our podcast on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts also please leave us a rating and don't forget to pick up the book the five tool firefighter available on amazon at the firehouse until next time work hard stay safe and live inspired